Special guest, Jonna, hey, Jonana, Jonna. from uh, uh, Boston, from Boston, visiting Hi. the glorious, the cloudy skies of LA. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day! Happy Mother's Day to all our badass moms that are listening. Right yeah, now. there are some moms that listen I, to us. Yeah, mine does. Does she? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's great. My mom doesn't because she doesn't know how to work. But she doesn't even know what a podcast is, let alone how to listen to one. But still, my mom thinks that she fucked me up because <laughs> what, of our podcast, and she's like. Listen to her, she's like, I was a terrible mother letting you watch stuff. And I was like, no, no I'm, I'm doing something productive with it. Um, real quickly, um, I don't know if this is, I, this is a big deal to me because I'm a, I'm a huge Twin Peaks fan, but Peggy Lipton. Oh, yeah. The Mod Squad right? and Twin Peaks. <sighs> she, uh, she passed away. Mother of Rashida uh, Jones. There you go. You um, know what? I, I thought, like, that, she, you know, when you just have this vision in, in your head of who they are, and I was like, wow, she's really young. Uh, she was in her 70s. Yeah. But, like, for some reason, I was like, wow, dude, I've always just seen her as this, like, younger. Well, even in Twin Peaks, in the first run of it, she looks, she was, like, what was she, in her 40s? Yeah. She, like, she looks so much younger. She looks, she looks good. Yeah. Was, um, well, she had cancer, so I'm sure. Yeah, maybe not. Out well, like, but, yeah. but I don't know if there's, I mean, I'm sure there's people on, who listen to this that are Twin Peaks fans as well. Definitely check out the last season because she is a big part of it still. And uh, I still didn't watch it. Oh, and there I was like it. something that I just couldn't. I love it. You love it. It's weird because even a lot of Lynch fans don't. They're not fans. <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking tourists. Um, I still haven't. I feel like I need like, I, it's better to like watch in all one sitting, right? Uh yeah, I'm gonna do that one day. One day I'm gonna. That's kind of what I'm going for, but I need to like mentally prepare well, I'll myself. Let, I'll let you know when we do it because that was the whole plan. Steve Sears and I were like, we're gonna do all because we watched it while it was happening every weekend, and then finally we were like, man, this is gonna be so cool when you can just sit and watch all of it in one fell swoop and just yeah. Obviously, life has not presented that perfect 18, 19 hour window <laughs> uh, to sit down and watch, all, rewatch all of Twin Peaks. But I think because definitely the new season felt like a big movie. Um, yeah. With with just like, okay, great. We're just gonna cut right here, an hour break, as opposed to like with most shows like Game of Thrones or anything, where like, you know, something something happens, something happens, but da da da, end credits, next episode. It's like you know it it yeah. You know, where it's like Twin Peaks was just like some guys sweeping, and then they just go, hey, that's it, that's the end of the episode. And you're like, <laughs> cool. Um, but, of course. But Peggy Lipton was in that, and they resolved her storyline with uh, Everett McGill. Who played Daddy and People Under the Stairs? And that, ah, yes. And their story was my, one of my favorite parts of Twin Peaks. So it was, you know, really big deal for me to, in the new series, that they finished that up. Um, uh, what do you want to talk about? Well, you saw, finally was, saw Endgame. Yeah. Oh, the funny thing about that too is that I was supposed to go with a friend of mine. They bailed on me, so I texted Diego who again. We've had on this podcast, um, and um, I was like, "Hey, man, do you want to go to Endgame? I'll buy you a ticket, right?" And he's like. I know you already saw it. He was like, yeah, sure. But I was like, everything was happening so quickly. Like, you know, all this stuff was going on in that day. So I was just like, I was doing everything really quick on my phone. I ended up buying, and I was like, why the fuck do these tickets cost $50? Oh, did you do the 4DX? No, I bought IMAX oh. tickets. And I was like, what the fuck? That's kind like, of nice. This movie better be fucking rad. And it was. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked it a lot. Really? I, I still feel very much about how I feel about, like, comic book saturation, oversaturation. But I love Endgame. I thought it was... A great wrap up of all of the major stories. I mean, I have some minor problems, but they're really like Gwyneth Paltrow is a. I know, I know. Her and first of all, I don't like her as an actress. Period. Really, oh, I don't mind her. But the thing is, is like she has no place. Why did she even have that much screen time? Yeah, be I think because she costs that much. Yeah, they were like, we need Fucking to use her. Loser. But she's. A good, <laughs> she, but and I, I've always thought this since Seven. She's a great crier. Oh, like yeah. when she cries on camera, I always like, oh, gets me. But. Speaking um, my language now is seven. Yeah, so there you go. David Fincher's. Uh, I think he talks shit about it. I, but he talks shit about everything and everyone anyway. But my favorite was when he watches his own movies and he's like, oh, this is trash. Good yeah. For him. Um, I, I, uh, I didn't think Endgame was trash. I, uh, I, 
I know the problems that you have with it, or at least remember what you kind of said about, like, the time travel, it pisses me off. Don't care, because... I know, uh, that's what I'm saying. I liked the movie, but, like... But, I mean, it, the moment you sit down and you criticize the time travel aspect of one movie, it negates so many other... You know what I'm saying? Like, But that's the thing right. is, even if it's... Because st- time travel does not exist. Mm. It's a... It, dude. I don't it, know. We don't what do you mean? We don't okay. Okay. But there's a universal rule in every, no matter which way you go. Spoiler alert, by the way, guys. Uh, I forgot to mention that. No, before. but this is now no, we're. No, I, oh I my know. god, weeks. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I know, but I'm just. We're I just weeks into that, it. No, no, I just realized that like I should say that because we are gonna spoil it. And yeah. Now I don't care. It's like for it. All right. All someone right. didn't see the first season of Game of Thrones and is mad eight years later. It's not essentially, essentially, two weeks after an opening is eight years. All right, keep going. But but anyway, there's a universal rule, and even if you mess up all the other rules of time travel, there's still one rule that what you do in the past messes up the future. Yeah, but again, like I feel, I feel like if you pl- apply that logic, then none of the time travel movies that we like actually Terminator can't possibly work. Back to the Future can't possibly work. No, but that's the thing. They still follow the rule. They're trying to change the future. That's why they're going in the past. But 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 Marty irrevocably he just he completely changes the the present. But in like you know in a really bad way where it's like I haven't seen Back to the Future in a really okay. long time. But he did change it because remember when they go back to the future things are changed. Right, right. That's but, a rule. But when he goes back to like the the good nineteen eighty five. I'm just about the first movie. Let's just get because even though. Avengers Endgame is basically like the middle part of that movie. It's <laughs> Back to the Future 2. Um, but Back to the Future 1, like he says, he introduced himself as Calvin Klein and Darth Vader. And so what's going to happen in – and he also, you know, introduces Johnny B. Good. Yeah, which before, is all fucked up because he's – Yeah, he's a white guy stealing. Yeah, from, yeah, yeah. from a black man. But, right, exactly. But um, but the, uh, the, the problem is, is that like – you know, what's going to happen when the real Calvin Klein comes around? What's going to happen when Star Wars comes out and George McFly watches it and goes, hey, wait a minute, Darth Vader came to my bedroom and told me to ask But he lady. wrote a book, remember? Yeah. When they go in the future I and know. he wrote the science fiction yeah. book. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, it, you, if, if you, you have to just let it go. I mean, Crispin Glover could be a time traveler. I bet he is. But I didn't mind that. I mean, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about with Endgame where it's like, hey, wait a minute. Again, happens, I don't hate it. No, no, I know. But I get it. It's just flawed and it has potholes. But I don't think I just I, I I like the fact that they did it differently so that if you read the comic books, you weren't completely aware of how they were gonna like let me put it this way, the first five, ten minutes of that movie I was like, Holy shit, that's interesting that they just did that right off the bat. Yeah. I kinda wish it was still in two movies instead of a three hour movie. Um, I felt like they could have paid attention to a Again, this is a wish, but, like, they could have incorporated other things. I know they don't have all the licenses for it, but, yeah. like, I don't know. I know. I, I, that was one of my complaints was there was no surprises, like, at all. Like, you, like, in when you watch Civil War, Ant-Man turn, like, goes all giant. You're like, yeah. whoa! This one didn't have any surprises. That being said, I really, um, I've always, I've really liked Captain America in the past two movies. Uh, yeah, it does have a magnificent ass. Yeah, like that is a good, but, a booty. But um, I, I've always I've always had a problem with that character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Not because Chris Evans, I think he does a good job, but because they fucked him up. Oh, you hate the Nazi part when the, he didn't go to war right away, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, because it would have made him a, it would have given him made him a superhero that didn't have your typical superhero. Who would have made him above, you know, everybody else and. The only time I ever felt like they actually have gotten Captain America right was in the past. Two Russo did um, Civil War, right? That's the first one they did out of the uh, Marvel. Yeah, or Winter Soldier. Who did Winter Soldier? I can't remember. Oh, maybe it was them. But Winter Soldier came after Civil. Oh no, no it did it come before? before? Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. But but it's not that I don't. Uh, you know, like I said, like the, these last two Avengers movies, I was like, oh, this is the Captain America I've wanted to see this entire time, and they find and, and it did. It pays off. Like where I'm like, holy shit, that's Captain America. Um, I didn't get upset at the end because I knew. Was, I didn't either. I knew it was going to happen. Um, for those of you guys who haven't seen it, yeah, and, or, or don't pay attention to anything that anybody says, that like Robert Downey Jr. said, "I'm not doing another one of these movies." They so have, did Chris Evans. Yeah, and neither of them are going to be. Yeah, which is, I mean, I, it's sad. It's sad when something ends that has been a huge part. Yeah. Ten years is a long lineage. Yeah. Um, 
it, this is going to be a spoiler alert, uh, or spoiler, but, man, thank God fucking Jeremy Renner makes it to the movie. There's been, like, three different fucking times in this, this Marvel universe. I don't universe know. I felt so... The, I get everyone was, like, excited. They're like, Ronin. But they spent literally three minutes on that. Who fucking cares? I know. Like, well, why does he... I do Why does he make it through all these movies? Like, there have been three <laughs> different times when he could have gotten Ronin's killed. Ronin's cool, but... Uh, uh, they also, didn't. the first Ronin was a, in the comic books was a woman. Well, isn't it? I think... See, a lot of this, I I don't know if they're setting it up for other things. Like, obviously, Captain Marvel, Monica Rambeau was Captain Marvel. And then she's obviously in the movie as a child. But yeah. what are they going to... Are they going to have her eventually be Captain Marvel? Same with, like, Ronin. Like, are they going to have... I don't know if they're going to continue these storylines, actually. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't. But I, uh, I did cry. I did a few times. You did? Oh yeah. What? I cried when like I, I did cry at that. Like and then when I say cry, I mean kind of more of get like that like the chills and you get the the wa- oh actually no I cr- I got teary eyed when when the first thing he said to uh, Captain America was I lost the kid. I was like ugh, like Spider Man. Yeah. I, like, I really like how they've actually at first I was like man I can't believe they're not doing the whole Uncle Ben thing, not showing it again but just at least reference it. But they're not. They're really actually they're kind of replacing. Uncle Ben with Iron Man. And I yeah. Was like, so I got like choked up at that, and then the portals, everything that happened when they all like when they all show up, and it's like I so bought into that moment that I was like I got super excited, and I started getting like oh yeah, of course that's such a great moment. They've only been gone for a year, cinematically speaking. Okay, but also the other part, and I know this is my uh, pessimistic side, but like you can't just return. 50% of the world and have it be fine again. Like, that's not how it works. No, no, I agree. But, like, that scene, though... Oh, I, guess I do that, like, though, when everyone starts to show up and you're like, yes, there they are! Ah! I, I know, I really did. I, I liked it a lot. Um, I, I I don't care... Well, I guess what I meant when I said was that, like, we see it's, them a year ago, they disappear. It's only... It hasn't been, like, five years in real life, real time, where, like, we haven't yeah. seen these characters and they suddenly show up. It's only been a year, maybe even For less us. Yeah. yeah, and I still got excited. Yeah, um, it's exciting to see that, though your favorite character on screen. That was yeah, and also just the moment, like the I think it was the first time in this new movie where like the theme actually swells and plays. Mm-hmm. And so like they really they don't they don't overdo it, and then um, and then I really even though it was definitely one of those Marvel those moments where it was like Marvel's really trying to I guess wanna, I kind of want to say pandering because it does feel like that that great scene with Captain Marvel where they're like how are you going to get through? And then all of the women in the Marvel universe show up. And I was yeah. like, I was like, man, Marvel's really just like, they're really, they, they're, they're trying to really drive in like a point here that they're on the right side of history, which is great. Except for the fact that Gwyneth Paltrow is in that scene. I, I, was, like, <laughs> I, was, like, I was like, whoa, all the women like, in the Marvel. What? Wait, no. why is she in Mm-mm, there? Please leave that out. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. And, it's super enjoyable. And I just, I was watching uh, infinity war last night and I was like, you know, who's not been getting enough credit for either of these movies is James Brolin. He's uh, fucking fantastic. Well, especially considering he plays more than one comic book character constantly. Yeah. Um, wasn't he Jonah Hex, too? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And he was Cable, one of the oh, oh favorite yeah. Cable and Deadpool, um, and Thanos. Um, but he did all the motion work for Thanos, too. Like, yeah, I know. He wasn't just phoning it in, which I really like. No, he did. A, and uh, Josh Brolin is still a handsome yeah, Did I say James Brolin? Yeah, Josh Brolin. I did say James Brolin. Like, it's not his dad. Oh, yeah. It's Josh Brolin. James Brolin is but, a but handsome also man, too. <laughs> Josh Brolin, uh, Goonies. I mean, yeah, like, obviously. He was so, he was like my first crush, you know what I mean? And so, like, to see him still be uh, an old fox is really nice. <laughs> but he's really, I mean, he really, like, at least more so in the first movie than in the second one, he really makes Thanos an actually sympathetic villain. So, he does. I mean, there, the, I, I, you know, I, the highlight. In a way, yeah. Like, he's not just like a, I'm a bad guy and I like being bad. He's like, no, I, I'm doing this terrible thing because I think it's the right thing to do. And also, I'm going to kill the one person I care about the most, the only person I care about the most in the world to try to get done what I need to get done. Okay, but listen, That's do you ju- know how enjoyable scene. L.A. would be if 50% of the people just disappeared? It'd be so nice in this city. The traffic would stop. It's called staying home for Christmas. That's exactly <laughs> Yes, what exactly. Like. That's what it. That's why I stay home on the holidays. Um, of course, says the transplant. I, re- yeah. I was born here at least, so fuck off. <laughs> I really, I, I, again, I like to... to not I haven't to, seen anything else. I, I've really been focusing on Game of Thrones. Uh, which... You know, it's funny because the, the episode, the... Uh, I actually saw High Life. I do want to talk about that. What's um, High Life? Uh, Claire, Den- is it Dennis or Denis? Claire Denis, yeah. Denis. Um, 
I fucking loved it. I've only seen a few of her other movies, and she has an extensive work background. And uh, Stuart A. Staples, uh, who's in uh, Tinder Sticks, did the score for her. Um, I was on Mushrooms when I watched it, but it is a great, beautiful film. Um, what's her name? Julie Juliet Benoit. Benoche. Um, is fucking amazing. Listen, mm. I I don't want to spoil this scene for anyone, but there's. They're on a uh, like a tin can spaceship. Um, they're prisoners and they're being sent out into space. And really, just they're all doing experiments on each other. And and she plays this like doctor who murdered her entire family, who's obsessed with reproduction and, and trying to have a baby on this ship. Duh. Um, and like reproduce humanity. And uh, it's it's fucking great. It's beautiful. It's weird. It's dark as shit. Um, Robert Pattinson's in it. Um, oh, good. I like him. Well, I d- uh, d- did you see? Um, no, I didn't. I know what you're going to ask. A good time? Yeah. No, I it's great. Listen, I know he did Twilight and Harry Potter, but like sometimes. He did Harry Potter? Yeah, he was like, well, Cedric Diggory. I just watched Harry Potter for the first time the other day. Um, but I get it. You have to start somewhere. And I think he made enough money to where he's like, now I can kind of just do whatever I want. Uh, even though he. Cosmopolis is not a good movie, I feel like. It wasn't Robert Pattinson's fault, but Good Time is a great movie, and High Life I thought was fucking great. Okay, I thought he was gonna. I wanted to mention that I did watch that. I liked. She did another movie that Tinder sticks did the soundtrack too. Oh, she. I guess. Well, it's funny because Matt, um, who also loves, she's one of his favorite directors. But I guess Tinder sticks or Stuart Staples does the music for all her films. Well, yeah, I was. Just and I, I actually have a record. She did a uh, Bastards. Okay. Um, cause she they, they she did a movie called Trouble Every Day, yeah, which is really good, and it's got a great Tinder Stick soundtrack. But uh, um, yeah, I I haven't seen it yet. I've been I don't know. I haven't gone to movies. Um, it it was honestly great. I think everyone should see it. Uh, but yeah, those are the only things I watched besides Game of Thrones. Okay, yeah. Which I want to mention because this is obviously about um whatever we want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the, um, and it, I'm not, it's kind of a spoiler, but this is two episodes behind now, so I feel like it's okay to talk about, but the Battle of Winterfell, which you, we watched here, yeah. um, there was a lot of people upset about how dark it was, which really bothers me. Yeah. Um, first of all, it's called atmosphere, people, yeah. and if you don't fucking get that, then suck my dick. Yeah, but, no, but I agree. No, but it's like so annoying because they're like, eh, and it's like, one, the director made a point. He's like, one, this battle is night. It's the Night King. Two, a storm comes, and the only source of light is the moon. So when the storm, it is fucking dark, and it's scary. Yeah. Okay? And it's full of terrors, people. Do you understand? And then when um, Melisandre comes and, and lights the... Um, Pretty badass. Yeah. And, and it's, then they all go out? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah, when the Dothraki go, and, like, you... It's... That part is so yeah. terrifying. I think when you were with me, I burst into tears nervously because I was like, I don't... What is yeah. happening? And it's supposed to be like that, okay? When the lights go out, it's supposed to be pitch dark and fucking scary. Right, and that I agree with you. I feel like there was way... I mean, there were some people who thought they were being really clever, being like, this is a show about dragons and magic. I don't need realism. And it's like, it's not just yeah. about realism. It was also about, you know how fucking terrifying... I mean, that episode is was one of the best yes. war films and horror films combined listen i i absolutely agree and and i've i've watched it over and over and over again because when i like something i i overdo it but okay the part that one long shot of Jon snow in the hallway and it looks like literal hell there's dead people coming up from the ceiling yeah. at one point part of the ceiling drops on him and that's all one long shot so the camera is just following him the action is happening things are actually following on him it's dark and there's fire and like Dude, I fucking love it. It is a great yeah, piece it was, of work. It was fantastic. It was a. It, I liked so far that episode was the best of this. Uh, yeah, Johnny, you watched it, right? Yeah. I know you did. Yeah, shit was fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a heart attack that entire episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was rough. I, I think even I we took an breathe. intermission. Yeah. yeah, I literally could not breathe. I was like gripping onto my bed while I was watching. I was like, I'm never sleeping. I know, I know. Even when you're by yourself and you're like in bed, you're like, oh my god. Yeah, it's it's a rough one. It was intense, but that's what it was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And because you couldn't sh- see shit half the time, and then all of a sudden you see, you know, bits and pieces because it was dark. Yeah, that made it even more intense. Well, should we do the? Should we do our announcer? Oh yeah, bum, 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 bum. Uh, We had a contest, we had a giveaway, and we have a winner. Look, I'm gonna pick. I'm doing it oh, um, doing at it. random, but I have to. She's doing pick it. Pick a random. randomizer. A randomizer. 
That's I mean, in back in the day, you just stick to the, all these names in like a glass or a cup, and then, um, you know, just draw. <laughs> but yeah, because but then now we have technology to do things. Yep. Okay, the winner is Instagram handle Hour of the Wayne. <laughs> Hour of the Wayne. Hour of the Wayne. Wayne. O'Halligan, we will, you won. You won. Uh, We're going to contact you. I also have another gift, um, which we got from Eric, which are really cool um, Misfits pillows. God damn it. I want your skull. I need your skull. I Those are. Way to go yeah, Wayne. so we threw that in as a special surprise. Um, thank you, Eric. <laughs> but also, I would have liked And those. us. Yeah, and us. And Diego. And Diego, yes. The I picture w- that uh, he drew up for it is fucking great. It's rad, yeah. Uh, Diego's the coolest. Um, uh Hey, so so speaking of mothers, yeah, um, going on our theme because it's Mother's Day. Yeah, let's uh, do it. We did deranged. Yeah, nineteen seventy. That's putting it lightly. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess it it's, it's the, the it's like the full is deranged. The confessions of a necrophile, which I'm not really sure. There is he a necrophile if he doesn't I fuck think, them? I think yeah, no. I think a necrophiliac a, is a, is one. Who's oh, a necrophile is just dead. Pe- he likes he, dead he, people. He can have sex with yeah. a necrophile. It's just someone. I mean, we don't. We don't know bodies, so. if he didn't fuck them. I mean, in the implied. movie, did Ed Gain fuck his corpses? Okay, so guys, real quickly, this movie is about, <laughs> um, about that. It, it, so this movie is about <laughs> a. Um, it's basically it's loosely ba- you know loosely based on the story of Ed Gain. They changed the name Ezra Cobb. Um, bonus is the our Ed Gein sta- uh, surrogate is played by uh, Old Man Marley, the neighbor in Home Alone. Yeah. So depending on how you want to, you know, how you want to watch this movie, this could be considered a prequel because you never actually see him get arrested. So, it could be so honestly the story that Buzz is telling. It's <laughs> it's him. It's Snow. It's you know he's killing people. We don't you know we don't know if he's using their bodies to salt the driveways. We don't. Uh, no, it's it's a um, yeah, it's a it's a story. It's the Ed Gein story, but just with well, yeah, it's a uh, it, it's like all good horror stories, like Psycho and everything, where they start with moms. Um, his mother was, you know, an ultra religious. Um, would co- you know they had that close relationship, and and she would you know recite Bible verses and talk about how women are whores, and if they're loose, you know, they need to burn in hell and death, death, death. And like, all true. So yeah, so I blame well, the moms. Well, psych- <laughs> I mean, Psycho was also based on Ed Gein, just yeah. as much as yeah. this was a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm-hmm. even aspects of Silence of the Lambs. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Uh, it's kind of hard to kind of go over the plot. It's really just like kind of like following this guy. His mom dies, and then he goes crazy. But he's already kind of crazy. Yeah, he digs up. I think that when you pass the point in um, digging up dead bodies and and dressing them up, uh, there there's more to follow after that. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't seem that outlandish, you know. I mean, no, I think people dig up dead bodies and dress them up all the time, right? Yeah, uh, John would know. Yeah, John, you. The outlandish part is just skinning them and putting their skin on your face. Is that that? That was a very. Yeah. I don't think that's that, that weird was though. Very Ed Gein. Yeah, right there, but. Uh, you have an interesting job. I do. I work at the crime lab. For she the works at the crime State lab. Police. Have you ever seen anything like this? For what's 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 the uh, police? For what? For Massachusetts where? State Police. Oh. Yeah, so it's the state crime lab. Um, I've seen some messed up stuff. Uh, definitely seen just random like hands found in the woods. Shut up. Um, random hands. Yeah, there there's been some stuff. Some things I probably can't talk about, but I've yeah, seen fucked up shit. Um, Wow. I was going to say, yeah. Especially if there's Nothing an ongoing. <laughs> no, no skin on faces, but. That's pretty lucky. Enough. I feel like if there comes a time where you get a body that's like skinned, you probably know that there's a guy wearing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny because there's a scene in this movie because you were like flipping out about this. And I was thinking about it and, and this kind of ties into Massachusetts. But, you know, like there's like the Ezra Cobb's neighbor. Um, yeah. He's kind of like, he's like, there's no fucking way he did it. Blah, blah, blah. All this shit. And you're like, what the fuck? And the funny thing is I remember when, in, you know, I was in high school in suburbs of Boston. We had a murder. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, the woman went missing. And I remember sitting outside. I've told, I've told this story before. We were, sitting out, we were standing outside of his house. Like, it was a whole bunch of people. Like, the cops had blocked it all off. It was this crazy. It was like those three weeks were, like, the closest to being in a slasher film I've ever felt. Not the, you know, my life's in danger, but more of like just the atmosphere. Kind of like in Scream when he's like, 
look at this place. It's like Christmas. And I'm not trying to downplay this woman's murder. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that like it did create this atmosphere because it happened right around Halloween. Yeah. Um, but I remember seeing there and I remember talking to my friends like, oh, but her husband did it. And this guy next to me was like, it's not her husband. I go bowling with him every like Saturday or Thursday. It's not the husband. It was the husband. Yeah. You know, they found out it was the husband. But I was like, but people get like that. They get like, there's like no fucking way. Like, I know this person. I know them. They're harmless. They're this. And well, um, what's that um, documentary that just came on Netflix and everyone was freaking out about it? Friday 13th Part 4. <laughs> uh, beca- in Plain Sight? No. Uh, shit, it's the one about, like, basically their neighbor kidnapped their daughter and teenage... Or More than once. ...daughter and married her. Um, and so that's the thing, though, is they were like, we... But we thought he'd return her because they didn't call the cops. And they were like, he said he was our neighbor and he was this. And he, we thought he'd just return her. It's like that deep suburban denial is so good. Sure. Abducted in plain sight. Abducted in plain sight. Oh, yes, that's go. what it is. Um, um, so, yeah, it is. Just And you're convinced that you know someone. But listen, any one of us right now could be a serial killer. But I, mean, I think that's the yeah. thing, too, is that, like, you know, that's, that's kind of what I was trying to say is that, like, you get so wrapped up in your own personal attachment to a person or a thing that you're like, there's no, even Ed Gein, like there was people that like, cause he, they, they kind of, they kind of capture this really well where it's like, he did have, he was kind of the local eccentric, but there was people that like, you know, there's a scene where he's playing with the kid and he's like swinging and everything like, yeah, shit like that happened with Ed Gein. You know, like he was that type of figure. In he, like, yeah. He was like a yokel, like yeah. a regular Ex- simple, uh, Northwestern guy, right? Actually, the, the interesting thing about Ed Gein, because they again they kind of strain everything. Ed Gein was actually really well read. He was very literate. He was very yeah. smart, um, book wise. He was uh, just he was just insane. He, he was raised, you know. Um, let's see. He was uh, he had a brother that went missing during a hunting trip or something like oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah. And they, you know, or Assume. something. There was some trip. Something happened where his brother asphyxiated, but like they never thought maybe it was Ed, him. Yeah. Um, He's only he was only convicted or, or he was only charged for one count of murder. I thought it was two, but he admitted to two. Oh, okay, um, which you know is not the case in this one. This one we have quite a few people. Um, yeah, we have a, a few murders, a lot of dead bodies that yeah, he's dug he up. Quite a yeah, he does a lot a of digging up. And, and there's like this. What I like about this movie is there's a lot. We were all going through this. A lot of like squeamish, like oh my god, like him like scooping the eyeballs. Oh out. yeah, I t- I, this is our second um, Tom Savini. You said I think is it is this was his first film? It was one of. His, I mean, he's not the main person, but yeah. he's one of the the makeup guys. The ones yes, that he worked on. Fr- yeah, one but of yeah, that eyeball part, even though Ooh. it it's grotesque, it really is. Uh, but there's also I don't get squeamish, but there was a moment where I was like. The, the brain. He's we just, like, we had, just, we had all just eaten too, and he just dumps. Doesn't he just dump the brains like a coffee cup? In a car, yeah, in a cup. I love that. What I love about this movie is that, and you and I had talked about. You were saying this a lot during the movie is that it it really opens up with that whole like everything you're about to see is absolutely true, and like they don't do that in movies anymore. Not yeah, just the narration, the actual but, narrator, yeah. But like just the idea of like really trying to punch in the fact that hey, what you're like Fargo does it, and then at the end of the credits, there's like you know you see the whole like. You know, yeah. Based on you know, this isn't based on anything, which is a great joke. But the idea of like it was a great marketing or hype gimmick was to uh, to really be like, nope, what you're seeing is absolutely true, and even though it's totally not, yeah. No. And then and then we have a narrator throughout the entire movie that we see like a, a, a yeah, which makes it feel more real, like it's you know like yeah. The, the guy from is probably my favorite part because he would just pop out of nowhere, <laughs> and you're like, oh, what's he gonna say? Now? Like the camera pans <laughs> over, and he's just standing there, and it's like almost kind of like a precursor to like those shows in the '80s and '90s, where like you know, like kind of like an almost like an unsolved mystery thing, where they would reenact like a case, but then like the camera pan over, and like you'd get the guy from Videodrome, like in this one, yeah. where he's like he's uh, Les Carlson, where he's going like you know, and then he does this, and then a year later he's gone crazy, and blah blah blah. And, that is something that is so lacking these days where they're really trying to, like, just any sort of cheesy hook to, like, get you completely yeah. invested in the movie. Um, you know, I, I, I noticed something. It is, uh, considering this was 1974, the makeups and the, the bodies were, like, still hideous. Yeah. Uh, which was great. It, it really was when he first dug her up, you know, even though... Even Jonna was like, ah, she looks really good for a year decomposed. But it was still, like, gross and yeah. disturbing. Yeah. And she still had her hair. Yeah. Also, he, when he, like, cut up the face and was like, all you gotta do is put it on. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was a good part. You know what's <laughs> funny is that I'm also convinced that Mitch Hurwitz and whoever else was writing, whoever, all the other writers he had on Arrested Development Season 4, 
yeah. watch this. They had to have because there's some scenes with Buster where like the whole idea is Lucille is, you know, she's been arrested and uh-huh. he's by himself. And he does the same exact thing where he lays out her dress, puts her framed picture up. The, <laughs> and then but then as the as the episode progresses, he starts like building like out of like stuffed, like mm-hmm. sewing and stuff like that. But like, you know, st- like a stuffed Lucille doll. And I'm like, but he's, he has those moments where he's talking to her and he's going yeah. crazy. And, like. There's a moment in that episode where if he had just taken, if he had taken off like a piece of something and pretended it was like you know a face, I wouldn't have been surprised. So I'm like, it, but it was like so spot on. Yeah. And I'm like, somebody on that fucking writing staff had had to have watched this recently, be like, hey, you know, it'd be a great bit is if we did the same thing. But uh, um, you know what I noticed something about real quickly? I want to because I I want to talk about Roberts Blossom, who's a really fucking fantastic actor, and a lot yeah. of it is you know he's got this very commanding voice. His face, his, his mannerisms. His fucking face, his yeah. mannerisms. Um, he was also in, uh, he did. He Chris would do this weird, like he would suck in his cheeks and sort of oh. smile. And then like, he it's, it is kind of frightening to watch yeah. like an old man do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and do that thing where he has the pouty lips sometimes. Where he's like, yeah. And nobody could see that, of course. he's like but, acting like, like a child. Yeah. yeah. When and his eyes would go wide. Like, oh, like yeah. He's about yeah. to murder. I'm like, oh, my and God. And it's like his so blue good. eyes are just like daggers. Like, And so, you know, and I realized that, like, you know, he, um, you know, he was in Christine, which we also did. Yeah. And, and, and uh, we, you know, in the movie, when we did the episode on Chud, we talked a lot about the Home Alone connection. And then I thought about, you know, um, I mean, I don't know if they really show anything, but is there, do you think there's any sort of, there was allusions to cannibalism, right? To some extent, there had to have been. Am I crazy? Did I did I just make Th- that I up? I think they did a little bit because, especially in the dinner scene, yeah. I for sure thought he was like feeding her something weird. Yeah. Because he had bones and he made like a belly trumpet or a belly drum. drum. Um, and it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> when with he that? makes it, he plays and when a little he has fiddle. a drumstick and he's just kind of eating it, talking to his mom. Right. Like, like it's normal. Um, I don't know if if uh, they were. I think. You're right. They alluded to it, but they didn't actually like. I guess what I'm saying is that, in, like in all the episodes we've done, which is I feel like a lot, like we've either, I feel like they all at the end of the day kind of come around to cannibalism or Home Alone, or both. <laughs> uh, that was my long way of getting around to the point of being like, we've done a lot of movies about like this very. T- I mean, the last movie, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, too. Yeah. This was being filmed. I actually think Texas Chainsaw Massacre was filming a lot longer than this one was, but these movies were filmed roughly around the same time, and they came out. Roughly around the same time, yeah. and they're very similar. Like, you know, um, Chainsaw opens up with the dead bodies on the, you know, the organized on the thing, you know, like on the, the, the tombstone. And, like, this one has, like, that whole fucking dinner sequence, including one, ab- I mean, like, and I'm not joking, like, this actually creeped me out. We're watching this in the broad daylight, um, you know, just eating sushi and everything. And uh, there's a scene where one of the victims goes into the house. Why, I have no idea. Especially when the keys are in the ignition. They were because okay. they panned over to it, and it, she because she looked before she beeped the horn, and, and she's then like, she yeah, the key in there. Maybe I'll just but go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he also promised her tires because maybe she was like, I want those. Sure, but tires. I would at this point, I'm like, I'd rather just go to the, the station. But she goes to the house, and it's yeah. like really creepy. And then she gets into a. She's in a room where there's all these dead female bodies, like all just kind of propped up. And I'm like, you look at one of them and you're like, something is off about this one. I know it's going to happen. And sure enough, that body starts moving and he and starts playing that fucking music box. And of course it's him dressed oh, in yeah, a woman's suit and it's fucking... Like, the skin on his the, face. Because the pan, ah. it's, it starts off um, at his face and then you see he's making a motion under and then it pans back to her and you're like, what is he doing? I really and thought he was whacking it. I, oh, of course. I actually kind of wish, yeah. I kind of wish that they had, that was what he was doing because it would have been like, oh man, that's so fucked but up. But because he was dressed up, I feel like usually he's so sexually ashamed. Yeah. But I'm talking about more of like even before we know he's like when we just first see the bodies, you know, like they all look, they're all like arranged in a certain way. But there's something about one of them. And you're like, wait a minute, that one looks like it actually has more skin on it. And then that's when it clicks in your head. And you're like, oh, my God, that's him. Yeah, that creeped me out. Like the music box part. I was just like, oh, God, is he jerking off? Or is he fucking playing music or well, what is he doing? Um, even Jana said she was like, uh, considering the reviews, I expected it. To be more gory, I really thought it would be much more gory, yeah. but I guess my meter for gore is a, a bit high. But it's, so it's I 1974, didn't... though. I know, but but, but the thing is, is it doesn't have to be insanely gory for it to be really creepy. Stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was definitely the creep factor was high every time. Yeah. His, I swear, his eyes would widen, and I'm like, he's burning my soul. But I mean, like, you think about all the movies that come out in like the 60s and 70s that promise gore, like a lot of the Herschel Gordon Lewis stuff. They're done in such a 
they're really focusing more on the the sensation, like the moment, you know, like the like the, well, I'm pulling the tongue out, as opposed to this word. This one actually has the suspense to go with the, yeah. the gore, and like there's a little bit more to it. So like I feel like this is actually. I'm not a squeamish person, but I was definitely in moments where I was like, "Oh no!" When he's fucking around with that brain, yeah, uh, which was pretty. It looked gruesome. an awful lot like the sushi I was eating. I know we're <laughs> all just lie. downing sushi, oh, and there's really like pink like tuna. tuna. Yeah, like. when he's gutting the the last victim, when she's tight, when he has her like dead, and he has her like up in the bar and everything, it is clearly red paint. Yeah, but, but there's a way he's doing it that's just like, oh man, that feels really fucking. Yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, um, yeah, and when he's like touching the bartender that he kidnapped, it like really uh, is, is like painfully uncomfortable. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like, uh, you know, uh, again, this is a testament to how good he is because he really like. I know we're gonna argue about debate this and everything, but there are moments in this movie more in the beginning where you feel bad. More, I more in the beginning, more in the beginning where I kind of like I think that's important though to make it like somebody to kind of give somebody some sympathetic characteristics because then it makes the it makes it even more creepier because they're like oh there's a certain point where it you lose sim- like when he's in the bar and he's drunk not when he first attacks her but like when he's there like getting drinks or anything and he's just like. That's the part where he's got like five or six drinks lined up and he's just singing to himself like loud, like a little kid. You're like, oh, man, you are so you know what? Uh, I don't feel uh, I don't feel bad that I feel bad. It's like I feel like <laughs> I feel like uh, Mickey always sympathizes with. the No, man. Killer. William Peterson in Manhunter says it amazing. One out of four. No, there's three of us in this room. <laughs> Mickey is a serial killer. No, well, I'm, William Peterson in, in Manhunter has this really great quote where he's like, you know, I feel bad for him as a child. What like what what he was done to him as an adult? I think he's sick, and someone should blow him out of his fucking sh- you know shoes. Yeah. I agree with that statement completely. Where it's like, I think you can have like you know empathy for. Well, like you said, that's the point. Is yeah. like you're there's like some it makes them more human when you can sympathize. Yeah, with. exactly. When his mom dies, you know, even though she's fucked up, like you really feel like oh. And then it, again, it's one of those things where it's like the moment you start feeling anything for him, just a little twist where he's at the funeral and they're like, "Hey, she looks great," and he's like, "Shh, she's sleeping." And you're like, "Fuck, well, dude." They, they touch on the part where like he does not feel like he's doing anything wrong, and he. Says it in conversation, you know. Again, that denial. His friend, his friend keeps being like, "Oh, stop joking," or like, "Stop saying things like, like she's that." Not and it's like, I have her. Yeah, and he like straight up just says it, she's and the guy's me. like, "Ha ha ha," or <laughs> what a funny joke, yeah. or like, "You're being weird, man," and it's not listening to what he's saying. Um, yeah, it's it's great. Can I also say that if you run a convenience store in any small town in in America or Canada where this was filmed, if you're gonna sell guns, that's fine. I'm not. I think it's stupid. I think it's fucking dumb. But don't. Don't have the fucking bullets so accessible that somebody could walk behind, grab a <laughs> bullet, walk over to the gun, load the gun. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this is so fucking. But, like, I imagine that did, that type of shit was easy to do back yeah, in his day. especially in, like, Midwest, North America, you know, like. Yeah, Walmart. Yeah, Walmart. Uh, yeah, I, I really liked it. Yeah, this one's really good. I did, too. Although. Like you, Jess, I was freaking out every time. Like, why? Why aren't you screaming? Why aren't you running? Yeah, Would, you know, there's that sense of like, why are you just standing there? Just, just yeah, go, the, go the, the way you came girl, in. At least the bartender like fought back. Like I was, you know, when she like she grabbed the bottle. I was like, hell yes, girl, fucking bottle him. The the second part of it, um, with the with the younger girl where she's not even screaming. First of all, you see someone's car there, you. Scream your bloody fucking eyeballs out. You know, I have I retort to that. Do you ever hear this? This scares the shit out of me so much. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. One of his victims gets out, like escapes. Yeah, but his first. Well, you're talking about first of all, he was fucked up because Dahmer was already fucking with him, and second, a lot of drugs. Sure, but he goes to the cops. And the cops bring him back to Dahmer, yeah. and then he's they're like, "Oh, this is just a domestic dispute." And there's people, there's onlookers going, "Hey, we don't think this is normal." And they're yeah. like, "Mind um, your business." Cops are cunts. What I'm saying is that, like, even when somebody does have the wherewithal, or even if but he didn't, you're using an example. Dahmer was already already fucked with him. He sure. somehow got out. He didn't have the means, cause to scream. Right, but he still he still this escaped. This hypothetical he still... person did. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But I'm just saying that even when somebody does do the right thing and they, they they escape, yeah, it doesn't always work out. Also, yeah, sometimes somebody sets up a trap and just leaves it there. <laughs> and, like, yeah. Why did they come back? Like, why they, did they, set they up came a trap back to leave? Because exactly. hunting is for douchebags, too. You know, it's like, fuck these guys. I mean, oh. 
Yeah, that I was like, why would you set up a trap and then not check it before you get out of there? Um, or take the trap, you know, because yeah. they're hunters. But so we have the scene where, like, this the, the, girl, the victim's boyfriend, and who doesn't know that she's a victim yet, the boyfriend, that, that, that is, him and his father are on this hunting excursion, really on the side of the road. Yeah, like, it seemed a little close yeah, to yeah, the road. It's just way too close. Where They just pulled over, and they're like, we're just going to go in the woods here and just set up traps, and then they leave. They like, covered it with leaves. <laughs> she, surprise, surprise, landed right in it. Yeah, they set that up pretty well. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> they set it up also with Saw her complaining about like hunting and traps. And she's like, I don't like that. And it's like, oh, my God, you're going to be the one who gets trapped. <laughs> I really thought that it was going to have a, there was going to be a scene when, he, you know, when, um, uh, when he's pulling her on the chain, I thought like maybe her like foot would come off. I thought that I thought too. Be yeah, more that's the only thing where I thought there could have been more done with that. But instead, she's just sitting there crying. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying that's wrong. It if hurts. they heard the yeah, but she I wasn't did. screaming. She was just like, that. Ah. That was the only yeah. She, eh. <laughs> Boyfriend. So it was shot in you know it, it's got a very wintry setting. Was it was shot in Canada for that exact reason. They wanted yeah. to have that. Uh, Ed Gein, however, took you know his murder took place in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. which if you look up, just go ahead and Google serial killers in Wisconsin. There seems to be a lot more in Wisconsin than yeah, any other fucking. You can hide a lot of bodies up there. But also because there's something in the fucking water. Because like, <laughs> I'm not. I mean, if if anybody that's listening to this is from Wisconsin, please don't kill any one of us. Yeah. But also. Yeah, not also, Jessica. Uh, don't worry, I'll probably feel bad for you before you kill me. I'm like, oh, but he's like, like kind of oh, sympathetic, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I was uh, I was reading that I, that they were trying to film this yeah. in Wisconsin, and they it, they were like, um, in the town that oh, Ed Gein killed him, they were like, no, we we <laughs> we have too much bullshit. And then he, they he was going to other towns, or they were trying to get other towns in Wisconsin because they wanted that wintry backdrop and they were like, mm, you can go now. Yeah. yeah. And and the funny thing is that Werner Herzog and Errol Morris wanted to do a film in the 70s about Ed Gein. Yeah. And they wanted to, like, I guess Errol Morris spent a lot of time interviewing somebody. I can't remember. Was it Ed Gein? I think he was Ed Gein. He was, they were going to want to cover him. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, but, you know, yeah, I don't think the town is very too, is, is very keen on, yeah, um, What's on going letting on? glorification of serial killers be a thing, especially in a town. When you think of Wisconsin, too, in, in this time period, everyone was, like, super religious. Yeah. So it was shot in Canada, which is why, aside from Robert's Blossom, we have a lot of Canadian actors. Um, oh, he's Canadian? No, he's American. Um, and uh, But, like, so and also this movie was produced. So it was written by Alan Ormsby, or co-written, and also yeah. co-directed. Who also did... Popcorn. He also wrote. Well, he wrote Popcorn. He got fired as the director on Popcorn. Um, he also. He yeah, uh, I can't remember. It was uh, some actor in Porky's too. Ended up taking over the directing job. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, Alan Ormsby also wrote Death Dream, which we we did an episode yes. on, which is this great post-Vietnam like um, Pet Cemetery esque uh, horror film. And then um, Bob Clark, who produced. Deranged. He directed. Um, he produced Popcorn, but he also yeah. directed uh, Black Christmas, which we both watched for Christmas one time. And uh, the <laughs> the crazy lady who is using the most bizarre way to seduce somebody. Let me, ladies, I love ladies it. or that gentlemen, have to be me. either way, I, uh, gender doesn't matter. If you're gonna try to seduce somebody by pretending to be possessed by <laughs> a former loved one and being like, you know, trying to use that as a means to convince he somebody, he wants me to have sex. With you, yeah, you that's a lot should of effort to get laid to just like uh, make it's up. It's kind a of brilliant, yeah. She's but like, also, what? what did you say? You it, want me to have carnal relationship with this man in front of me? He goes, <laughs> like, oh no, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love the script. But um, also, don't do that unless. Here's the thing: is that like chances are you're going to turn off whoever it is you're trying to turn on. That's if not you, a turn on. If you do turn them on, then then awesome. Then you then you really got to lock that shit down because you're not going to get that lucky again. So acting possessed by. Your ex-husband is not a turn-on for dude. I, I mean, that, I just, I mean yeah. that is a weird pickup line. It's like, you know, you're at a bar and you're like, you know, you see somebody that you think is attractive and you walk up to them like, oh, hold on for a second. I'm being possessed by my my former lover. Um, they want, what? Oh, I can't ask them that. That's, that's insane. <laughs> I, um, oh, oh, you know, he just, I'm sorry. I'm talking to my, my ex-girlfriend. She's dead now. Um, she just was saying that she really wants me to like move on and have sex with someone. She wanted me to have sex with you. Is that okay? And then they're like, if that works... <laughs> 
good on you. But I, it was that, that scene actually creeped me out. Not because of like her, it more of just because of like, are you really? Is this really what where we're going? It's like what I like about this movie. There's so many times and it starts to go. Well, even when she was calling and she was like, she was like making moaning sounds and she's like, ah, is that you? And it's like, what? <laughs> well, she wasn't she? She was like, enter me. Yeah. Like, yes. She, has like, she yes. has like a minor orgasm and then she starts trying to solicit this poor fucking rube poor. who en- ends up shooting her in the fucking head. And the worst part poor is that guy. the worst part is that nobody knows that she's dead. Like the narrator was yeah. like, yeah, nobody really cared. And it's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> this poor lady. Um. That lady, though, we had talked about, oh, yeah. she plays also. the the house mother in Black Christmas, the one who's looking after all the sorority girls there. And I fucking, I, I loved her because she's the one that was constantly drinking. Yeah. Like, she's, like, digging around, finding bottles in like, weird spots of the house. And, like, um, so, you know, she, obviously Bob Clark, who produced this and directed Black Christmas, he's, you know, going to the well a few times. That was also shot in Canada. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, the narrator is Les Carlson, who, for... Um, if you're a fan of Videodrome, he's Barry Convex, the guy who shoves the video into Max Wren, who also gets shot in the face with a weird handgun. Oh, yeah, Like, yeah. the literal handgun, and gets the weird cancerous tumors like bursting out of his fucking... Uh, that's a good one. We should watch that sometime. But um, I'm surprised we haven't done it yet. Yeah. I'm su- we haven't done any Cronenberg. Maybe one day. We haven't? No. I don't know. We probably haven't. I'm probably... I'm just not I don't think we have. But, yeah, so Les Carlson's in it, Canadian actor, and then, yeah, Roberts Blossom, who... Would go on to be in Christine. I mean, he did a lot of stuff before this, but Christine, yeah. uh, Last Temptation of Christ, um, and then uh, Home Home Alone. Home Alone. And then after he, you know, after he's done being a serial killer in Home Alone, that gives Home Alone a whole new uh, right kind of view. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we are. Hey, guys, spoiler: we never actually see him get arrested in this movie at the end. No. We we close That's up on his thing. freeze frame yes. on his face. Uh, I kind of miss that because a lot of older horror movies, I like when they ended with the freeze frame because it is scary and it's yeah. just a leaving image with you. Um, I feel like not enough movies do that anymore. So here's the here's the true story, guys. So um, you know the way the script was written was that he you know after like you know they come in he goes out the window he runs away he goes to chicago a suburb of chicago moves in and um and just waits till the kid next door has weird burglars trying to break into his house and then <laughs> uh that was how the movie originally ended That's they they trimmed it um but um and then after he saves the neighbor the little neighbor kid um he goes off to a small town and becomes the judge there while Michael J. Fox <laughs> crashes his car. And so it, it, this is kind of a loose trilogy along with Home Alone and Doc Hollywood, if you want to look at it that way. Um, but, you know, and Robert's Blossom, that voice. I don't think I've ever heard him, seen him in a movie where he doesn't have that, that really. He, has that, he was doing that weird laugh, too, where it wasn't actually a laugh, but he was like, ha, 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 But like, like just <laughs> that, like, that deep voice yeah, that where it's like scene. you can't. I have a hard time buying him as, like, an uneducated dude because he's got that very, like, wise voice i don't uh-huh. know if i can describe it but he really does um camera work in this is fantastic by the way yeah, yeah. you know the scene where she's uh in the back of the truck that's really good uh the they whole pan the whole room very slowly oh man the fucking scene where she's going in the house and you're yeah. like um and the music is fantastic yeah i'd what like to solid th- think the, the music was <laughs> it just adds to it it <laughs> makes it extra creepy yeah i'm not yeah definitely the amazing grace and all that other bullshit that's but like also like the yes. weird like this you know like the when he's walking there walking through the house and everything um i think that was i want to say that was by the same guy who did and i think jess is i hope jess is looking it up what? by the same the, the who did the score uh I it was it i'm pretty sure it's the same guy who did the score for black christmas mm-hmm. and popcorn really? i'm gonna guess i don't remember what popcorn sounds like uh popcorn score is not as cre- as creepy as black christmas but um Actually, the this Carl is Zitter. Carl Zitter. Let me see. Uh, maybe. Yeah, same guy did Black Christmas. Oh, he did New York City, too. That's a good one. With Wesley Snipes. Oh, yeah, and he did Porky's, too. Porky's. Yeah, he worked with Bob Clark. Night. Yeah. Yeah, he's done a lot of. Uh, oh, Blood Orgy of the She Devils. Put that on the list. I definitely want to watch that. Um, But yeah, no, it is. It's like. um. It's like even the for the DVD um, putting it. I had we muted it because it's fucking creepy. It's like just organ music, and it's so uh, yeah. unnerving. It's really fantastic. This is a really, really uh, fantastic little movie that kind of gets. I think gets overlooked because it's so similar 
to Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I think it's uh, worth standing on its own and worth checking Honestly, out. Honestly, yeah, it's like probably one of my more favorites that we've done more recently. Yeah, it was, uh, and it's a good Mother's Day movie. Yeah, Happy Mother's Day! Thanks for fucking us all up. <laughs> yeah, seriously, if you're if you're gonna have kids, don't don't do that shit to where you like tell them that like make them know. little serial killers. Yeah, don't make them little don't serial tell them killers. That them sinning is gonna get them don't. syphilis. Like, yeah, that yeah. might fuck them. them. Don't make them hate women. When you're dying on your death on your deathbed and you're telling your 50 year old son who's still a virgin that he if he sins he's gonna get syphilis. Yeah, just mm-hmm. don't do that. Yeah, don't, don't do, that. do that. That's syphilis, just gonorrhea, and death. Because you're not going to be around forever, and then he's going to be a serial killer, and he's going to dig you up. Yeah, and then play with your dead body and wear your skin. So, yeah, stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, so Happy don't, Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Don't be a piece of shit. <laughs> Call your mother. And stop feeding your mother pea soup oh, when she's that was bleeding the out of her face. That was the fucking scene oh, that got me the most, yeah. is the, the, him he's shoving it back in still. It and then she's bleeding all over the place, and she's just shoving it right back in. And at that point, I was like, because I'm looking at the wasabi that's on my plate, <laughs> and I'm looking at that green soup, and I was like, I'm going to throw up. I really was. At one point, I was yeah. like, I'm going to fucking throw up. And he starts, blood, like, blood just starts <laughs> bursting out of everywhere, and I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, it, it's honestly one of my, my favorites, more favorite ones. Yeah, that that's a done. good one. And another Bob Clark and Alan Ormsby type uh, yeah. film that we've done, and um, another Home Alone reference movie, and another Cannibalism movie. So I feel like we've covered a lot of bases. We're doing know. a lot, yeah. We've done a lot with this movie. Yeah, you know, we're uh, <laughs> we're going to the well ourselves a few times by like uh, you know, uh, I think you know Chainsaw Two. That's another Cannibalism movie we did, and that we was we love Cannibalism honestly. But I've always said that that's how I justify eating meat because uh, hey man, if I'm gonna eat animals, I sure as fuck should eat people. Yeah, just like that movie where they crash the plan- plane and they eat each other's butts. Yeah, I would. Alive. Yep, that that's one. Yeah, great movie. <laughs> that is great. That. That's, yeah. the, that's how I always remember Listen, it. Was like they are eating. You know, you, we've all read or watched The Road. I would be one of those people that's trapping people and eating them. Oh, I w- I, if I'm going to live, I'm just going to eat people. And we've also alive. I would eat everybody's butts. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 we're going to end this on Happy Mother's Day. Eat some butts. Happy eat some butts. <laughs> okay, guys. Thanks. <laughs> This is where the worst begins. This is where we must stop. For beyond is the work of madness. Death! The nightmare of insane murder and lingering death. Deranged. For Mary, it was only the beginning. For Christine, it was already too late. For Dolly, the worst was yet to come. And only Mrs. Cobb knew what he would do next. I really love you, Mary. see but sometimes it's true the story of a trail of butchery so brutal that newspapers refuse to print its horrifying details when the horror becomes unbearable it is too late to scream 